Jeff Passon, I should know the answer to this, but how old are you now? I am 41 years old, Pablo. <laughs> so, A, for all of our listeners, like, get on Jeff Passon's skincare regimen because it is, it, it's immaculate, Jeff. I would not have guessed 41. Yeah, SPF 200. <laughs> Shout out to the dermatology industrial complex. But speaking of being overly cautious, Jeff, <laughs> we are here to talk about the extinction of one of the greatest characters, one of the most important jobs in all of sports, a figure that I have such nostalgia for from my childhood, the starting pitcher. And you begin your reporting on the extinction of the starter not by talking to one of the figures from our childhood, not one of the guys we have such a nostalgia for, like Randy Johnson or Mike Messina or Greg Maddox or Pedro Martinez or whatever. You go to somebody a lot, lot younger. I go, Pablo, to Alec Manoa. He's a 24-year-old right-hander with the Toronto Blue Jays. Swing and a miss. Manoa, back-to-back strikeouts, seven on the night. He feels the same way so many old-time pitchers do, which is that he can do more than he's allowed to. When the Blue Jays went to him before the 2021 season and said to him, what do you think your innings limit should be this year? He said, I don't think there should be a limit. And he sees the way that starting pitchers are handled. He sees that average start last barely five innings. He sees that 100 pitches seems to be some sort of line of demarcation. And he wants things to change. He believes that things can change. He believes he can be the shining example of starting pitchers still having relevance in Major League Baseball. And yet what he's fighting against is a culture that's been propagated through this industry. And, and propagated, frankly, because the discovery, really the revelation within the last 10 years of one very specific number has changed the way that starting pitchers are used. And I I don't think anybody put it better to me than a general manager with whom I was speaking during this reporting process. I asked him, why is the starting pitcher seemingly a dying breed. And he said to me, just like the guy with the stapler in office space, (laughs) they've been optimized out. We know that an asteroid killed the dinosaurs and that the Model T took out the horse and buggy. But for the starting pitcher in baseball, the guy who holds the ball the most, the guy you used to buy a ticket to see, the guy who stands all alone atop the mound in the spotlight, The extinction-level threat is math. Yeah, math. So, today, as the national pastime reckons with an apocalypse, we explain the existential conflict of modern sports between using numbers to beat a game and using them to save it. I'm Pablo Torre. It's Wednesday, July 6th. This is ESPN Daily. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. 
Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home some huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Jeff Passon, how do we even begin to explain to the kids out there just how important the starting pitcher once was and arguably should be in terms of like how the sport of baseball or national pastime is supposed to work? If baseball were a movie, Pablo, then the starting pitcher would be the name on the marquee. He was the unquestioned star of the show. He was tough and he was gritty. He was the person who you went to the ballpark to see. He is Gibson and he is Koufax and he is Johnson and he is Mathewson. And and I guess the closest analog we have to it and it's not this generation, it's the previous generation. He's, he's Nolan Ryan. He's a gunslinger. He's a cowboy. He's tough. He's the guy who would carry the team on his shoulder and elbow. And you damn sure were not taking the ball from him before he recorded that 27th out. <laughs> No, he was the workhorse, Jeff. The entire premise of him is that he wants to work. He is there to work. And now there's this, you know, there's this like my little pony aspect to him, right? Like he's not that anymore. He is meant to be cared for and preciously tended to by the general manager of his team. You know, one thing, Pablo, that Alec Manoa was telling me is he feels like he's a dog. (laughs) And and this isn't, you know, we could say Oral Hershiser's nickname was the Bulldog, right? And Alec Manoa wants to be a, like, dog. <laughs> the way you say dog is already, like, very intimidating. Yeah. Yes. Um, starting pitchers these days, I say this with all due respect to her, Ginger, my sweet, kind, wonderful, uh, just perfect five-year-old golden doodle. (laughs) Of course. Of course you have a golden doodle. Starting pitchers these days are asked to be more golden doodle than bulldog. So how did we get here, Jeff? What's the turning point, as you understand it, for why it is that this character, this creature, is just simply not the same? There are a couple of elements to this, Pablo, that it goes back first a century and a half to the beginning of baseball when the starting pitcher was the only pitcher. We have to understand that baseball was a much different sport back then. The the velocity on fastballs was nowhere near what it is now. And there were barely any strikeouts, so the ball was in play all the time. And as the sport evolves, you have your Walter Johnsons who are 
throwing 100 miles per hour. You have your Bob Fellers. But by and large, through the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, into the 60s even, most guys do not throw a baseball very hard. And yet we saw these enormous pitch counts in games that helped lead to injuries. And when injuries really start being recognized by teams as being problematic in the 1960s. You know, you you lose Sandy Koufax's career at 30 years old. You got to start asking yourself questions. Suddenly they move from this rotation that has settled at four men to five. They give a guy an extra day off and hope that that will keep him healthy. But guys are still throwing complete games. The Oakland A's staff in 1980 under Billy Martin had five pitchers who were in their 20s. They threw 93 complete games. All of their careers were essentially over by 1984. Mm. And Billy Martin gets fired. And uh, again, uh, another turning point. What, you know, guys can't complete games anymore without getting hurt because they're starting to throw harder. They're starting to throw more breaking stuff. They're... Uh, frankly, not able to to hold up under the necessity of better stuff to beat the superior hitters that exist these days. So, uh, again, things start changing and things start shifting and pitch counts are being tracked now and they come down. Again, along this theme of being asked to do less. And It wasn't until really 2013 that this second element came into play. And what is that second element, Jeff? Uh, A guy named Mitchell Lichtman, who's longtime sabermetrician, worked with teams and has written a book. Uh, By the way, if you you title a book, The Book... It takes a it takes a good bit of gumption to do that. It takes and, some and Tom, some dog in you to call your book does. the book. Yeah, I'm not sure that Mitchell Lichtman's got the dog in him, but it's dogish to call your book the book. <laughs> and in the book, he started making reference to this idea that the later a starting pitcher goes into games, the more hittable he is. And on November fifth, two thousand thirteen, on Baseball Prospectus. Mitchell Lichtman wrote a story talking about the times through the order penalty, and it was a very simple idea. The longer a starting pitcher stays in the game, the more easily hitters can do damage against him. Like This Mm. is something that should have very clearly, you kind of intuitively know it, right? You get reps against someone in a game. The more reps you get, the more comfortable you are with what stuff that guy is throwing at you. And the numbers were too staggering to ignore. Uh, You know, over the last few decades, the difference between the first and second at bat, a guy gains about 25 OPS points. The difference between a second and third, again, another 25 OPS points. And teams started asking themselves if we're going to be giving up an extra 50 points of OPS on average over the course of a full season every time we keep our pitcher in the third time through the order. Why are we keeping our pitcher in the third time through the order? 
Yeah, Jeff, the logic of this is mathematically sound, and it's so sound that it's actually terrifying, right? Because you talk to Tom House, friend of the pod, guy who once called me stumpy, which I still resent, foremost expert on throwing things in the world. The guy's written like 25 <laughs> books on pitching, Jeff. And stumpy. he's, I, I, seriously, I hate that I'm in your phone as stumpy, but how, how is it, how is it that Tom House is trying to sound an alarm on where all of this logically does go? He tweeted, Pablo, if the current trend continues, the future of MLB looks like one, 12 man pitching staffs, two, nobody will throw more than three innings or 45 to 50 pitches in an outing. And all he was doing was following the math, following the numbers. The math says that the first time around, you are most effective against hitters if you're a pitcher. It's the whole idea behind the emergence of relief pitching, right? You're bringing in not just a fresh arm, but a guy who may throw from a different slot, who will have different spin and action and movement on his pitches than what the hitters have seen already in this game. And for those of us who appreciate what a really good start looks like and and who look at complete games, not as this anachronism, but as something for which starting pitchers should strive. Yes. Uh, the, the notion that you're going to have just three guys in a game, three nine-out guys who are out getting robots, uh, you know, when we talk about over-optimization, when we talk about optimization uh, in favor of the teams rather than the sport writ large, that's that's the debate here. When the pendulum swings in a particular direction, Pablo, how do we know it swung too far? And is it going to come back toward the middle or are we going to have to drag it there? Yeah, I mean, Jeff, the idea, the dystopia in which Everybody who throws a baseball is now functionally a middle reliever. <laughs> you know, that, that is a nightmare for anybody who grew up loving baseball. I feel like Grandpa Simpson, right? Shaking my fist at clouds whenever I see <laughs> a baseball game now. And it's deeper than just the major leagues is what you're reporting here, right? That this trend is so prevalent across pretty much every rung of the baseball ladder. The Major League Baseball average, Pablo, is 5.15 innings per start. I was curious how this translated to the minor leagues. So I created a, a big old nerd spreadsheet because that's exactly what people who are lamenting the over-optimization <laughs> in baseball do. And I did it to, to see just how much minor league starting pitchers are throwing. Of the 120 minor league teams, six of them, are averaging more than five innings per start. The average start in minor league baseball lasts 4.23 innings at Rancho Cucamonga, mm. the Los Angeles Dodgers low A affiliate. They're doing essentially what Tom House suggests is the future. And remember, the Dodgers are, are seen widely as the best organization in baseball in yep. terms of both development and might in the combination of those two things. Rancho Cucamonga starting pitcher is averaging 2.9 innings per start this season. Minor league pitchers do not throw 100 pitches per game. That's just not a level they get to. What Major League Baseball is doing essentially is admitting that getting guys deep into games, teaching that 
is not something that we want to do. They want to teach velocity. They want to teach pitch shapes. They want to teach spin. They want to teach all of the fundamental elements of the pitch itself. What they don't want to do is teach pitchers to do that 100 plus times a game every fifth day. And, and the consequence of that is simple. When guys get to the big leagues, they are not ready to throw six, seven, eight, certainly not nine innings. No, they've been conditioned to be five and dive guys. And so this world, Jeff, where a major league pitcher is no longer ready upon arrival to throw a hundred pitches, like how blunt is major league baseball with itself about the trade-off between that deliberate efficiency and entertainment? There are real questions being asked at the highest levels of Major League Baseball. And when the league hired Theo Epstein, the World Series winning general manager in Boston and Chicago, who helped snap two very historic streaks, he's around our age, too. And the starting pitcher going away was a real problem for him. But the issue is he's fighting the same people he once was, the people who like what has happened to the starting pitcher more than anyone are the general managers of the, <laughs> the teams. The people trying to be the next Theo Epstein. That's, that's exactly right. And they recognize that these decisions that they're making, these choices that they're implementing, whether it's going with the opener or whether it's keeping starting pitchers in for fewer and fewer innings, they're not great for the sport writ large, but they are pretty good for winning individual games. And, and it's striking that balance that's a really difficult thing to do because they are incentivized away from starting pitchers. And when Theo Epstein talks about this, he acknowledges that fact. He says, quote, it's math, it's real. If you're looking to just optimize for one game, of course you'd rather have a fresh reliever than a starter third time through. But when every team takes that approach, there's a real cost to the industry. We lose the identity of the starting pitcher as a prominent character in the drama day in and day out. And that is the balance that Major League Baseball, just as the NBA did with a three-point shot, just as the NFL does with passing versus running. That's the balance that Major League Baseball is looking to strike, and it's having an awfully difficult time doing so. All right, Jeff, after the break, how Major League Baseball might actually be able to resurrect that character and that drama. Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love this spring. Experience every pitch, assist, and game-winning shot live and in person. And the best part? Each transaction is a step toward a free 11th ticket with Vivid Seats rewards. Score unbeatable perks like free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, and annual birthday deals. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with code DAILY. That's code DAILY. Visit VividSeats.com or download the app today. 
Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Delicious meat nutritious. In the snack that packs a real protein punch, wonderful pistachios, one of the highest protein nuts out there. Each one-ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. Trust me, I've been eating them like there's no tomorrow all week. Wonderful pistachios also come in a variety of flavors and sizes, perfect for enjoying with your family and friends or taking them with you on the go. And you, like me, are on the go a lot, taking the kids to school, hopping from meeting to meeting, shopping for groceries, whatever it may be. Well, the good news is not only are Wonderful Pistachios a complete protein providing all nine essential amino acids, they're also great for all your adventures. So whether you're a pistachio purist who loves cracking open every nut or you prefer the convenience of no-shells pistachios, Wonderful Pistachios has got you covered. Grab Wonderful Pistachios and elevate your snack game today. Visit WonderfulPistachios.com to learn more. So, Jeff, when did you know you wanted to write about this subject? When did that first plant itself in your head? It started the first week of the season when Clayton Kershaw got pulled out in the middle of a perfect game. 1-0 pitch. There's a ground ball toward the middle. It is scooped up by Gavin Lux. He played the short hop. What a play by Lux. On to first. Urshela's out. And Kershaw is perfect through seven innings. Now, Clayton Kershaw certainly was not the ideal candidate at that moment. It was a short spring training. He was coming off of an injury. And yet, this is one of the guys in baseball who has been a dog. Like, he's been incredible for a decade plus now, uh, the best starting pitcher of his generation. And, and I thought to myself, if Clayton Kershaw is not being allowed to finish brilliant outings. What does that say about where the industry is and where it's going? Seven perfect innings with 13 strikeouts, and Dave Roberts makes maybe the hardest decision of his managerial career here, but a decision that he ultimately, you know, feels like had to be made. Right, if he can't get six outs after throwing seven perfect innings, and by the way, throwing just 80 pitches, what does that mean for the rest of his colleagues? Yeah, what, what that means is that the rest of them see that and say, well, if they're not going to give Clayton Kershaw the opportunity to do that again, with, with all of the mitigating factors in place, this, this gets down to a very emotional reaction. Right. And, and that's really, Pablo, what the heart of this debate is. It is logic versus emotion. It is numbers versus what we want to see. And, you know, Major League Baseball doesn't want to let the tail wag the dog here. Just because fans want to see starting pitching doesn't mean that starting pitching going deep into games is what's best for winning. And what's their priority going to be? Of course, it's going to be trying to put your team in the best position to win, because if you don't win, you get fired. There's a very self-serving aspect to this. And and yet Major League Baseball and, and Theo Epstein particularly have been screaming as loud as they possibly can that the the desire for individual teams to win has superseded 
the overall health of the sport. Yes. And and that's that's where that's where we are right now that the eggheads have won and that the rest of us the the fans who in surveys say we want the starting pitcher to be the protagonist are the losers. Well, Jeff, this is where we begin to invert sort of like the stereotypes, right? Because I'm wary, of course, about people blaming the nerds and math and eggheads and all of that. But it feels like what we should establish here is that those nerds are so hyper-competitive. Yes. They want to win so bad that the thing that they're trying to dominate the game is suffering as a result. The nerds are the ones who park in the corner to shoot three-pointers. And they park in the corner to shoot three-pointers because corner threes are easier than wing threes or top-of-the-arc threes. They hacked the game. Yes. They outsmarted everyone. They're still playing it. They are still, as you said, incredibly competitive. They're just competing in a more efficient way than the rest of us are. And, you know, hats off to them tip of the cap to them. But the balance between entertainment and efficiency to me is, is the great battle of modern sports. No doubt. How do we have our games be both efficient and enjoyable, or are the two mutually exclusive? And, and I don't think they are. I think there is a happy medium that leagues, that sports can find. It's just a great struggle to find it and to figure out how to implement it because you need elegant solutions to have both of those things. And in Major League Baseball, they have yet to be willing to implement that elegant solution that absolutely does exist. Wait, wait, so you mentioned hats before, and Major League Baseball has brought in, in some sense, a white hat hacker, right? Theo Epstein, the guy who hacked the game, a, 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 a person who inherited the Moneyball template and elevated it. They brought in that guy to guard against the people who are trying to hack everything. And what is Theo Epstein's elegant solution that he's trying to legislate here? His very simple and elegant solution, Pablo, is that you limit pitching staffs to 11 pitchers. Now, this is a very quaint idea. Let's remember this year, right now in Major League Baseball, you can have a maximum of 13 pitchers on your 26-man roster. Now, that didn't get lowered to 13 until about a month ago. And so here's what happens when you have 11 pitchers. Number one, Starting pitchers recognize that they need to go deeper into games. They recognize that that needs to be their priority because the consequence of not getting deep into games is awfully problematic. Uh, if you have a smaller bullpen, you're going to have guys who get worn down a lot easier. And so as a starting pitcher, you want to do something that, that for years was the goal of the starting pitcher, which is I want to save my bullpen. In order to do that, you need to pitch to contact, mm. not pitch for swings and misses, not try and rack up strikeouts. That means pitching in the zone more. That means pitching to contact. That means trying to get the ball in play so you can turn a lineup over quickly. And lo and behold, in this sport, Pablo, that has 
such little action these days. The notion of having more balls in play is a huge net positive for Major League Baseball. So all of a sudden, the the ideal for what starting pitchers should be dovetails with what you want to see more of in the game. So when you have 11 pitchers and there are fewer arms to use, the pitchers need to work more. They need to be more expedient in getting through these innings, ideally throw fewer pitches to throw to contact. As you said, they got to pace themselves, Jeff. All of which reminds me of the fact that, look, in defense of the nerds, right? Like, they've been studying throwing mechanics and biometrics around arms in ways that the older generations could never conceive of. So where does, like, protecting the health of the pitcher factor into all of this? You know, it's been interesting Seeing the way that baseball has handled pitching, it's been ostensibly in service of injury prevention, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, guys, guys who throw 150 pitches a game, they get hurt. Ergo, they're going to throw fewer pitches and we're going to keep them healthier. There's one problem with that. Guys aren't healthier. Guys aren't healthier than they've been in the past. Uh, Baseball is not ridding itself of arm injuries by asking less of its pitchers, and that's because they've taken that lessened workload, and instead of throwing the way they used to, they are going max effort all the time now. Mm. It's the reason you see fastballs, the average velocity has jumped four miles per hour over the last decade and a half to, to 93 miles per hour plus these days. It's the reason you see these breaking balls that get snapped off that seem to defy physics. And being max effort is a great thing if you want to see nasty pitches. Being max effort is not a great thing if you want to see healthy pitchers. And so if you have an 11-man staff, it's almost a restrictor plate on the pitchers. It, it tells them you can go max effort if you want to, but frankly, the consequences are going to be dire. And so dial it back a touch. And I'm so I, I'm sold, Jeff. I'm sold on the 11 pitcher solution. I'm sold on the on the starting pitcher in specific being at the nexus of how baseball's solutions might be figured out. And the question is just how can you actually implement that, though? How can you retrain behaviors that have been incentivized in such a way now for years and years in the modern era? Athletes are malleable. Like, that. that's one of the beauty of them. They're, they are so talented at what they do. A lot of times it's as much about mindset as it is the physical element. And this is something where if the 11-man staff were implemented, Pablo, it would have a cascade effect down to the lowest levels of baseball. And and listen, I see this every week during the summer when my 14-year-old, who is a right-handed pitcher, is out there and is trying to get punch outs and getting deep into games. Uh, it's something that he would like to do, but it's not seen as a priority at the youth level either because velocity has been so emphasized mm. as the most important thing. And I, I try to tell him, you know, the velocity will come in time. You know, you throw 75 now, you, you, it'll, it'll get higher as you get 
more physical as you understand your body better. But it, it has it has been made such a priority that it's the only important thing in youth baseball. And if they see major leaguers going seven, eight, nine innings on the regular, all of a sudden the the idea of the complete game won't be the, this notion of magical thinking. It'll be something to which they can aspire. We have to recognize that the reason that the starting pitcher is the guy on the marquee is because he's the one who's in there at all times. You know, for as great as Mike Trout and Ronald Acuna and Fernando Tatis and all of these incredible position players we see are, they're up one out of every nine times. The pitcher's there for every single plate appearance. And if you want to make somebody a central character, well, sorry to say, but the pitcher already is. Now, Jeff, I'm stuck on the fact still, admittedly, that your son can throw 75 at age 14. Lil Passon's got a cannon, is what I've mostly taken away from that answer. But it brings us back, Jeff, to the dog. Oh, God, it's still so bad. To the dog that we started the podcast with, Alec Badoa, right? Because how does he see all of the things that you've laid out in front of us? He doesn't like it very much because he wants to be that throwback. And it was interesting. Back before the 2020 season in spring training, he was with his travel ball coach who wanted to introduce him to a friend. And that friend was Dave Stewart, the great Oakland A's ace of the late 80s and early 90s. And Dave Stewart was known for a lot of things, a, a bulldog stare from the mound and wanting to intimidate the hitter at the plate. But more than anything, Dave Stewart was known for logging innings. And there was a, a particular four-year stretch in which Dave Stewart won 20 games for all four seasons through 1,061 and two-third innings, completed 41 games. It's, it's what the starting pitcher used to be. And that guy simply doesn't exist anymore. And, and yet, when I talked with Dave Stewart about this conversation with Alec Manoa and, and about his career, he said, quote, what I took away from completing the game, it meant I outsmarted guys 27 times. I outsmarted their ass just enough that I could finish this game. I was one step ahead of you every at-bat, brother. For me, it was all about one more inning, one more inning, one more inning. And that's not an approach that pitchers take these days. It's not an approach that they take because it's not an approach that teams have emphasized with them. And the emphasis of pitching deep into games is where baseball needs to go. It needs to go there not because we're sitting here railing on efficiency, on optimization. No, those are good things to win ball games. It needs to go that way, Pablo, for the betterment of the sport. And so as Alec Manoa wants to be the guy, wants to be the throwback character who will only give up the baseball when you pry it out of his cold, dead hands, Jeff, it does feel like we stand here at this pretty unique inflection point. Like, dare I say, like a seminal moment in the history of baseball where there is a choice. Continue to optimize versus reform. And 
how does that choice get made, do you think, as we look ahead here? It may be a very simple calculus, Pablo. Next year, the pitch clock is coming to Major League Baseball. It has shaved 20-plus minutes per game off of minor league games this season. It works. Like, it's really good, and you are going to see a much different brand of baseball in 2023 between the pitch clock and the ban on shifts that Rob Manfred is expected to implement. And in the eyes of owners, that may be the fix that baseball needs. But I think it would be a half measure. And as Mike Trout taught us in Breaking Bad, <laughs> half measures don't work. You got to go full bore on this. And the combination of a pitch clock, a ban on shifts, and a re-emphasis of the starting pitcher would take baseball to a place that marries all of the wonders of modern baseball, the, the incredible athleticism and the amazing skill with this game that in the past captured so much of the nation's heart before it turned into uh, this over-optimized, boring slog of three-plus hours that we far too often see. Jeff Hassan, thank you, as always, for insisting on going the distance <laughs> on ESPN Daily. Thanks, Pablo. I'm Pablo Torre. This has been ESPN Daily. I'll talk to you tomorrow.